When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey Cobbers, from the land down under, this is the Cricket Badger Big Bash Daily Podcast. Whether you're with the Strikers, the Stars or the Sixers, you might be a renegade, enjoy the heat, love the thunder, like a scorcher or prefer hurricanes. Brought to you in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk. Tie your kangaroo down, put another shrimp on the barbie and enjoy the fun. It's gonna be a ripper. Big Bash 10. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Big Bash Daily from the Cricket Badger. I'm James Butler and joined today by two very special fan reps. It's uh, Oliver Prendergast and Michael Baldwin. Bring them in in a second after I said thank you to bluecrocodile.co.uk, our sponsors of these Big Bash Daily podcasts. Snapping up the right mortgages for you. Give them a visit. That's bluecrocodile.co.uk. On my screen at the moment, we've got the latter stages of Perth Scorchers against the Sydney Thunder. 152 for five Perth Scorchers made. At the moment... It's uh, looking like Sydney Thunder are going to creep across the line here. 133 for three. Callum Ferguson doing what Callum Ferguson does. He's got another T20-50. Being joined by Ben Cutting at the crease. So the permutation at the moment, 20 runs required, 21 balls left. We know what T20 is like. It's never a done deal until those final runs are scored. Just uh, appeal for LBW there. They don't get a run off that ball. So it's 20 off 20. Ollie, start with you. This is a, a, a good game, this one. We haven't had too many close finishes in Big Bash 10 so far. But first 152 for five. It's always looked like Sydney Thunder are going to have enough. They've got the Big Bash bonus point, the boost point as well. But it's as close as we've seen so far. Yeah, I think the, the Scorchers really bowled really well up, up top. The loss of Hales again for a first ball, I think it made a bit more of a game of it. When you're chasing 153, I think as a batting side, you always feel like you're in the game. Uh, so it's one of those scores that you, you know, you're still comfortable getting. They, had a, they didn't have the best of start today, and again, so that helped strengthen it into a game. But um, and it was good to see some of the uh, sort of the younger players come through. And Callum Ferguson's just continued his great form, just looking sort of really good, controlled chase here. So. It's, Thunder have made it look a lot easier than it was at one point. Uh, and Michael Baldwin of the Top Order podcast, good to have you back with us as well. Um, an antipathy and accent on the Big Bash dailies. Sydney Thunder looking like they're going to get across the line. You, you made me laugh actually earlier on, Michael, when you were talking with Ollie about the uh, um, the Marsh Brothers on our WhatsApp group. And you said they've had a good tournament, like in past tense. Still very early days in this. It's a bit too early to uh, announce the player of the tournaments just yet. Oh, it's great to be back, Cricket Badger. It's it's lovely to be back on the podcast. They have had a good tournament, actually, the Marsh Brothers. They come in for a lot of criticism when they fail, but when they get it right, they can be devastating players in all formats of the game. And in this case, Mitchell Barsh is 52, put a bit of respectability into the Perth Scorchers innings, but it looks like the Sydney Thunder are well in control in the chase. And I think um, Ollie Davies, the debutants, made a real difference to the chase here for the Sydney Thunder. They looked like they were getting restricted a little bit. You know, they were a little bit behind the eight ball, but he came and blasted about 36 off off about 20 balls, put three into the stands, and he looks like one for the future. And we were 
were lucky enough to talk to Shane Bond in a preview on our podcast before the season, and he actually mentioned Ollie Davies as a guy who, quote, unquote, likes to give it a whack. So he's <laughs> a spot on there, Bondy, and it uh, looks like the Sydney Thunder are, are well in control of this chase with a few overs to go. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, chat. You mentioned that to me before we started recording uh, when you were first on, but um, not yet got round to the youngsters. There's been too much to talk about so far in this big bash, but let's just have a bit of a run through, a recap on what's happened today so far. Perth Scorchers batting first, Colin Monroe 25, 52 not out from Mitch Marsh, the aforementioned Marsh brother. Cameron Brancoft finished with that 34 not out and uh, wickets shared around for the uh, Sydney Thunder bowlers. In reply, as Ollie suggested, Alex Hales goes for first ball duck and then we saw Usman Kawaja. We'll talk a bit about him later because he had a bit of an escape in his innings. He made 21. Oliver Davis, 36 from 22 balls, 1-4 and three pretty hefty sixes. Does like to give it a whack and at the moment Callum Ferguson, 57 not out. Ben Cutting, 12 not out. Looking like they'll get Sydney Thunder across the line but some good bowling in the last couple of overs. Foward Armand comes in and tries to slog sweeping. Bit of turn there for the leg spinner. So these runs aren't a done deal just yet. Ollie, it's always good, isn't it, when you when you look at a tournament from, from a distance like we are doing in the UK at the moment, picking up on some of the youngsters that come in that we've not seen before. Oliver Davis is one of those, former Australian under-19, but that was his proper debut today in professional cricket. He looked decent, you know, three big sixes, maybe took a little bit of time to get going, but the Aussies look as if they've got a few uh, decent youngsters coming through. Well, you know me, James, always optimistic about things. Yeah, but, right. But <laughs> um, it, it's a little bit concerned. They, they do seem to have more talent coming through than they did have, say, eight years ago. And maybe it's the bash that's helped push some of them through. And um, to come in like he did and strike the ball, and he gave himself time. Give himself a, a few balls before he started hitting. So, and, and that showed the confidence that he has. It's nice to see someone come in and play that constantly at that age. I mean, it's, it's not often you get it. You get it a little bit in the IPL. And as soon as like, the big bash is starting to get the roster of the players, that age group coming through constantly. And Michael, he was presented with his cap ahead of the uh, game today by the Thunder squads. And I think in the speech that they gave uh, to present him with his cap, they said, you know, we've all seen what you can do with the Aussies under-19s in, in local domestic cricket. But it's, a, it's a different thing, isn't it? Doing it under the radar and then coming out onto one of the biggest stages in the world and actually showing what you can do in front of the TV cameras. And he did exactly that. Absolutely. I mean, he came in and played Jason Berendorf uh, and, and hit him down the ground and uh, and over square leg for a couple of big sixes, which is not easy to do. He's obviously played for Australia before, and Farwad Ahmed here in front of us is just showing how good a quality or how high a quality leg spinner he is, and Davies was able to reverse sweep him for four. So, you know, the kid's got all the shots. He likes to hit the ball long, and uh, we didn't see a lot of front press tonight, but I'm sure that he's got a reasonably sound technique behind all of that power, and he looks like a, like you say, he looks like a really uh, likely prospect, and he's handled that step up to first-class cricket, in this case, in the Big Bash, pretty well, in my opinion. 14 required from 11 balls. This is going to go into the final over unless we see some big shots in this uh, over from Jai Richardson. In changing times like these, make a change yourself. Buy your own home. Still living with parents or renting? Why not buy your first property? Mortgage rates are lower than ever. Speak to Blue Crocodile. Blue Crocodile? Yeah, Blue Crocodile. They'll get you the right first time buy a deal by searching the market for the most competitive option for you. They don't bite, they're just straight talking people like me. Give them a bell or go online. Blue Crocodile. Ollie, it's always good, isn't it, as well, when you're looking at the youngsters coming through, it's kind of a little bit of a badge of honour in your own head, really. I saw him play in before anybody else had seen him, and I know everybody else is watching the Big Bash as well, but to see 
Keys, the likes of Oliver Davis, and notch him into your kind of mental record in five years' time when he's scoring runs for Australia or whatever, maybe even sooner than that, you can say, well, I, I remember seeing him in the Big Bash when he first played. Yeah, I think that it's, it's a great thing, you know, because it, it, it does bring them to the attention as well because you, you may not be the biggest, um, you might not have the availability to watch if there is any shield cricket on. So this is the option, this is the next best thing to seeing them coming through. So they might have made their first class debut, but this is, like you said earlier, the proper professional debut and in front of TV as well. So yeah, it's a where were you moment, especially when you get a talent that could be so special like he could do. And he looks like he, he started his career very confidently and very strongly. Had time to do a bit of misfielding there. Allowed uh, a one into a two there. Sydney Thunder in this penultimate over. Let's play one away. Oh, through the covers. That was a superb shot from uh, Ben Cutting. He was coming to the party here for the Sydney Thunder just as they need him. And it looks like uh, they're going to go into the over with... Uh, well, it's eight off nine at the moment. They may even finish it before the at the final over at the moment. Sydney Thunder opening the shoulders. Took the power surge early late on. And it's a decent little trick to have, isn't it? To, ha- to use that power surge, bring all the fielders in when you need uh, nine or so and over. And it seems to have worked for the Sydney Thunder today. It was actually, Michael, one of the better chases I think I've seen in this big bash so far. The Sydney Thunder seem to have got their head around the uh, boost point and the power surge. They got the boost point by one run, hitting a single off the final ball of the 10th. I found it very strange that Perscorcher didn't bring the field in for that and to try and put a bit of pressure on that point. That point's as worthwhile as any other point in, that's uh, to play for in this big bash. They seem to have used the power surge at the right time and have timed this chase really nicely. Yeah, absolutely they have. This has been a gem of a little innings from Ben Cutting. He was the one who came in just at the start of that power surge after Davies got out. And he was probably given a license, I would say, by Shane Bond to go and attack when the field was up. And you saw him almost immediately go 4-6 to get them a bit of a flying start in the power surge. And he's sort of just working his way through to finishing it off now. So it's been a nice little cameo innings for Ben Cutting. And as you say, the Sydney Thunder have paced their chase pretty well here. Yeah, six off seven, the uh, equation at the moment. 147 for three, the Thunder. If they can hit a six off this final ball of the uh, Richardson over, we won't get into the final over. But I've seen many matches in this big bash go into the uh, 20th over of the second inning so far. It'd be nice to see this one do the same. Michael, you mentioned your chat with Shane Bond. Um, you also spoke to uh, David Hussey as well on the Top Order podcast. They've obviously mentioned Oliver Davis today, or Oliver Davis in that chat. But who else did they bring up as ones to watch in, in this big bash? Well, Shane Bond was a big fan of, of young Tang Sanger, who we saw today. Uh, for the Sydney Thunder as well, young leg spinner. And it was an interesting quote from Shane Bond. He said, I don't mind playing young leg spinners. In fact, I enjoy playing young leg spinners. It's young fast bowlers that I have a bit of uh, reticence playing. So he's quite happy to throw both these young guys in Oliver Davies and Tenvir Sanger into the into the mix for the Sydney Thunder. And I think Tenvir Sanger's got a bright future ahead of him as well. He's well-credentialed. Lots of reps are on him uh, around Australian cricket. So I think we'll see plenty more of Tanvir Sanger. And as far as David Hussey was concerned, he picked up two Western Australians at the start of the season in um, Clint Hinchcliffe and uh, Hilton Cartwright as well, who both had very impressive starts to the tournament. So the Hussey-Bond scouting department is working very well for the Stars and the Thunder at the start of the season, it would seem. Yeah, certainly is. Thunder need five off the last over. So we're into the final over of this big bash match. Ollie, it's it's been one of those tournaments where we've had a lot to talk about. The new rule changes have obviously been central to a lot of discussions, but we haven't seen too many nippers, have we, in this uh, big bash so far? Final ball dramas, super overs, some of the things that we saw in the early matches of the IPL have uh, so far eluded us in this big bash competition this one you know it just takes one big shot and this this one's done and dusted but hopefully this gets a little bit deeper but 
it's, it's nice to see some close games, isn't it? Absolutely. I think it's that's crucial for the tournament, really. I think as it goes on, it needs one of those sort of last balls to away. Oh, you know, four, four runs there, Ollie. That's a cracking shot off the back foot. Goes through the cover field, and that means that the scores are level. The Thunder just need one from the final five balls. It's crucial um, that the game has some close finishes, especially when it gets to over the Christmas period, when, like I say, it's suspected that around the world, especially in England and Australia, the viewing figures may be, be higher where people have got more time to watch it. And I think that's when it may be able to grab the attention. And that's what the IPL did really well with those that day when it had two super overs uh, in the same day. And I think if it can just manage to do that, it might really then catch fire because at the moment it just seems like it's simmering and waiting for the latter stages for it to really kick on. But it, actually going back to some of the scoring, it was interesting to see what Colin Monroe said earlier that he felt there was more pressure and the ball was doing a bit more earlier on. And that's maybe why the power play for the first four overs might be a bit down and and that might have led to a little bit of the lack of the, the six of the balls we've seen in previous years. Just that one needed then, four balls left, a short ball from Andrew Ty was just ducked underneath by Ben Cutting. He's on 25, Callum Ferguson 61 not out as a Sydney Thunder, looking to try and take all four points today at the uh, Manuka Oval. Just see this ball from Andrew Ty as he comes in to bowl to Ben Cutting. He uh, hits that one away through the offside, through the cover fence for four. So the Sydney Thunder win by seven wickets against the Perth Scorchers. Take all four points today in that game. And that moves the Sydney Thunder up the table. They go from their current three points up to seven and takes them up to fourth place. Perth Scorchers, after three games, still only have the two points. They're my team. Come on, Perth Scorchers, you can do better than this. The team in orange need to regroup and come back stronger Sydney Thunder looking good though today and uh, as we've said uh, already in this podcast seemed to time that chase very nicely got the heads around this match today and played very nicely indeed bluecrocodile.co.uk sorts your mortgage in a snap are you a first time buyer with your eyes on that dream house are you wanting to move or looking for a better mortgage deal let Blue Crocodile find the right mortgage for you. 10% deposit mortgages are returning. If you need to know how much you can afford to borrow, just visit bluecrocodile.co.uk. Right then, chaps, let's have a look at the uh, Blue Crocodile cricketer of today's match. A few candidates I'll throw out to you before I come to you for your suggestions today. Ollie and Michael, looking down the scorecard for the Perth Scorchers in their innings, you had uh, runs from... Mitchell Marsh, 52, not out from him. Probably going to be a Sydney Thunder player because they've obviously won today's game. The best of the bowlers there, really, Ben Cutting, one for 16 of his three overs today. He obviously came in towards the end with the bat as well, with 29 not out. And Callum Ferguson with 61 off 53 balls, seven fours and one six. Probably the other likely candidate. Ollie, what about you? Yeah, I think Ben Cutting, as Michael said, played an absolute gem of an inning at the end, sort of. 29 off 16 and that one wicket and from his three overs he bowled really well but to be fair I think it's hard to look away from, from the scoring efforts of Callum Ferguson I think that it's a bit of a boring choice for me there but that's what I would have to go with I think it's, it's solid and he's, he's helped control and time that chase really well Are you in agreement Michael that Callum Ferguson the Sydney Thunder captain is the Blue Crocodile cricketer of the match today? I'll throw one more name in there Adam Milne at the top for the Sydney Thunder yep. 17 runs off his four overs coming back from a fairly long injury layoff I think as a coach Bondi will be pretty happy with Milne's effort at the top there is is it possible to win player of the match having not taken a wicket I don't know but I think the smart money is on Callum Ferguson 61 off 53 to steer his side home not out 
uh, would have to be the, the leading candidate for the player of the day. But uh, Adam Milne, I think, deserves a mention there despite going wicketless. He kept the runs down at the top there and, and gave the Thunder a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Ben Cutting and Adam Milne mentioned in dispatches, but the Blue Crocodile cricketer of the match today is the Sydney Thunder captain, Callum Ferguson, for his 61 not out. Mortgages are simpler than you think when you have a crocodile on your side. Blue Crocodile, making mortgages snappy and simple. Visit bluecrocodile.co.uk, follow them on Twitter at Blue Croc Money, or find them on Facebook. Blue Crocodile. One incident that happened in the uh, reply there for Sydney Thunder, Usman Kawaja, who finished up uh, out for 21 from 25 balls, there was a massive shout for court behind. Andrew Ty, the bowler, the umpire suggested on the uh, the replays and on the stump cams that the bat had hit the ground. When he saw the replay, the bat was nowhere near the ground. It looked like a bona fide edge. Usman Kawaja should have gone. Andrew Ty should have had a wicket and it wasn't given. It brings back into the sort of centre of the debate really, DRS and whether it should be used in this competition. Big surprise to me that it's not being. It was used in the IPL, it's used in the internationals we see around the world. Michael, this sort of incident, it exposes the umpires. It's not fair on the umpires. They've got a tough enough job. I think that DRS is there to help the umpires, not there to kind of expose their weaknesses. And that umpire today could have done with a little bit of assistance, couldn't they? Absolutely, and this is exactly the reason why DRS was brought in in international cricket and was used so successfully in the IPL. Every time you hear someone talk about the DRS and why it's used, you talk about removing the howler or getting rid of the howler, and it sounds by all reports that this was one of them today. I'm loath to be critical of umpires. I think they do a fantastic job, and by and large, they have a very, very high success rate when it comes to decision making but if they get one wrong it's useful to have a safety net there and given that the technology is being used by the broadcaster in particular the DRS for LBW I don't see there any reason why the big bash shouldn't have the decision review system as part of the playing conditions and I'd go so far as to say that every international T20 franchise tournament should have the DRS is part of its playing conditions and that should be paid for by the host uh, cricket authority in that country. And uh, I don't see there being any reason if the technology is there for the broadcaster that it can't be used. Ollie, we saw it get a little bit touchy after that court behind was turned down by the umpire. Obviously, Andrew Ty fired up coming into bowl, thought he had a wicket, was denied and uh, got a little bit grumpy as a result of that. Callum Ferguson kind of got involved with the debate. I mean, Callum Ferguson himself has been calling for DRS to be used in this big bash. The, as Michael just said, the technology is there because we see the um, broadcasters using it on the screen and that makes it even more unfair on the umpires, isn't it? Because they haven't got that assistance, but then everybody watching the game has that assistance and can see that the umpires got it wrong and just didn't seem to be right this, that DRS, who, which, as we say, is used everywhere else, isn't being used in this competition. Well, yeah, it makes you think, who'd want to be an umpire in the, in the current situation when you are, you're getting no assistance from DRS, which, is, which it would do and help take away the howler, and also it's... You, changes the course of the games and it's, it's causing bad feeling on the pitch. Also, it shows the inconsistency of the tournaments from around the world. It was interesting, this was raised by Adam Gilchrist recently chatting to Trent Copeland and there seemed to be a discussion between them and a disagreement that about who who should be who was should be um, paying for the actual system to be in place. And it's interesting to hear Michael's uh, and your discussion earlier that if the technology is at the ground, it doesn't really matter. It's already there and in place for the, for the broadcaster to use. Why not use it? It's just it's just going to cause 
bigger issue further down the line if they don't make this uh, consistent and uniform throughout the world. Um, we spoke earlier, um, James, about the Blast doing it. I think out of all the tournaments, the Blast would have the biggest issue in, in bringing this in. And I didn't want to bring it up, but if it had gone to franchising in T20, that could definitely happen. So if it's, it's only the amount of games that stop the Blast from doing it. I don't think it's the, the costing too much. So in, in the Big Bash, they really should bring it in. If they want to make it a frontline tournament, I really think it should be brought in. And it has to be brought in as soon as possible. I don't see why they couldn't bring it in halfway through this tournament. I think it's just got to be TV games, doesn't it? I mean, obviously, every game in the IPL, every game in the Big Bash is on telly. And there's no reason that they can't... Uh, all, all it costs is the cost of a TV screen in front of the official upstairs um, to uh, see the replay so he can make an adjudication at his leisure rather than in the heat of the uh, cauldron of the battle in the middle of the park. I mean, the, the Kawaja wicket, it, uh, the incident happened when the score was 24 for one. Kawaja was out on 34 to make it 34 for two. So 10 more runs were added. So you could say, well, it didn't necessarily massively affect the game. But you don't know that, do you? Because if Kawaja had gone, the new batsman comes in a little bit sooner, another wicket falls, and all of a sudden, Sydney Thunder's chase that was comfortable in the end could have been derailed. Yeah, those kind of things can, can really halt or change the momentum of a chase or change the momentum for a bowling side. And you mentioned uh, a couple of the Perth Scorchers players got a little bit hot under the collar. I think it actually really worked for Callum Ferguson. He sort of seemed like the kind of guy who, once he gets himself into a bit of a scrap, uh, finds another gear, another level mentally in, in terms of his concentration. So I think that not only did it benefit Usman Kawaja getting a couple of extra runs, but it also got Callum Ferguson into the right mental state to, to get him into the contest. Yeah, absolutely. But Sydney Thunder, they did get across the line. Callum Ferguson, our bluecrocodile.co.uk, player of the match today. Hobart Hurricanes, top of the table. Four games they've played, they're on 11 points. Melbourne Stars are on 10. Sydney Sixers are in third on eight. Sydney Thunder, seven points. And Adelaide Strikers are on five. They occupy the five playoff positions at the moment. Melbourne Renegades on four points. Perth Scorchers on two. And Brisbane Heat on one. Making up the eight teams in the competition. Badges are furry creatures. 85% of women badges think bad grooming is a major turn-off. 80% of women badges think men should trim below the belt. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there, manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. Hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com. Quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com. Together, we save balls. One final question for you two before I let you go today. And thank you again for joining me on the Big Bash Dailies. We've seen quite a few games now. I'm going to ask you now to give me the winner of the Big Bash. From what we've seen so far, which team has impressed you the most? Well, obviously, the Stars are undefeated. Uh, and, but even though I think they got out, got a bit lucky against the Scorch that rain game the other day. I think so far, for me, I think the Sixers have impressed me. I think they, they looked sort of a solid side from last year. And the way that they got the runs yesterday with Dan Christian, I thought that was really impressive. So I, I've been um, worryingly surprised. Well, not surprised, but concerned that they're actually continuing and maybe a little bit better than last year. So them alongside the Stars, 
But actually, the team that's probably backed up more is Hobart. They look so solid without having having that many stars. And they've got their overseas to come in. So they look really, really good. So I'd probably go as the side that looks probably the most consistent so far, probably Hobart Hurricanes. Michael? Yeah, I'd have to agree. I thought I was going to die alone on Hobart Hurricanes Island all by myself <laughs> for, throughout this BBL tournament. I, I thought they were a good side coming into the tournament and they looked like they had a really nice balance. They had some real firepower to come into their side once they get their internationals and they've started really, really well. I think they're a a well-rounded team. I think that they've got a lot of promise and I would back them to be right at the pointy end of the competition when it comes finals time. The only team that's really surprised me is the Perth Scorchers. We've seen them tonight uh, go down again. uh, No result and two losses to start their tournament. They've got a lot of work to do. Uh, But if I had to pick one team to win the tournament, I actually think it's going to be the Melbourne Stars this year. But I've been very impressed with the Hurricanes and I'd like to see them in the final. Yeah, I put up, uh, for the betting colour, my right, I've put up the Perth Scorchers to win the competition. Not too happy with the start of the competition, as Michael says, in terms of that punt. But Sydney Thunder were my other one. They were the rank outsiders with the bookies in the UK to uh, lift the big bash this time. And I had them at um, better than even money to be to finish in the top five. I quite like Sydney Thunder and how they're playing. Just going under the radar a little bit. Good performance today. Sydney Thunder could uh, surprise a few in this competition. Michael and Ollie, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks again, James. Thank you. Thanks for having us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Thank you, everybody out there, for listening as well. The Big Bash Dailies will be back with you every single day throughout this Big Bash League 10. Thank you very much to bluecrocodile.co.uk for their support of this podcast. I've been James Butler, the Cricket Badger. I'll be back with you again tomorrow. See you then. Big Bash 10. Thanks for listening. We'll bring you another edition of the Cricket Badger Big Bash Daily Podcast in association with bluecrocodile.co.uk tomorrow. See you then. Sports Social Podcast Network.